Hey everyone, happy Thursday. So the team, the Penguins, of course, they just did not have it tonight against the Maple Leafs. A 4-1 to loss breaks their four-game losing streak. The Penguins have now lost their second game in their last 15 games in regulation. Just a ridiculous streak that this team has been on. I have a full game recap uh, coming up right after this job. I will say, though, probably won't be a lot of positives to take out of this one, but we're still going to recap this game and then you know maybe do a little bit of a preview going into Sunday's game against the Carolina Hurricanes. It's coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at L underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So Penguins, you know, they fall four to one to the Maple Leafs tonight. And I think the biggest thing I can take away from this, um, starting off today's episode, you know, this is kind of like, you know, you're back when you were a kid or something like that, you know, you're going through all your school supplies and all your school papers and like, okay, you know, maybe I'll keep this for, uh, you know, safekeeping to show my kids one day. And, you know, you see some other stuff. Oh, I'm kind of, kind of throw this in the trash. This is one of those moments where the Penguins just need to throw this in the garbage. Um, there was really nothing good about this performance. They, they started out the game really poorly. 21 seconds in, Austin Matthews scores. I mean, I know he's one of the best goal scorers in the league, but that was just a really um, bad defensive breakdown. Not even a minute in. Hell, not even 30 seconds um, into the game. And then they started to play well a little bit after that, but they st- it was just a really sloppy performance, I thought. And I'll get to the underlying numbers in just a sec, but you know, I felt like they weren't completing the passes that I normally see them make. Their four check was not there. Um, they definitely did not pass the vibe check, to say the least, tonight. Um, that was just it was nothing good was happening on that. The power play was horrendous. That was probably the worst the power play has looked. Um, except for that last chance that they had. Um, I believe it was right before um the second intermission you know they actually had a little bit of a pulse they got some pretty good high danger chances on jack campbell he was obviously fantastic in this one but other than that i thought the power play looked just as bad as it did um from early on in the season um you know when, when the penguins badly needed the goal to get back in the game um they couldn't they couldn't get one just because you know the zone entries were bad you know they weren't winning the puck battles you know they weren't getting the pucks on net and you know they just they weren't setting it up and at the end of the day you know that's part of the reason why this team lost but you know, this is the kind of game where, you know, every team has a game like this where you just, you don't have it. And, and that's fine. It's an 82 game season. The Penguins are in first place. As I said in my opening little monologue, this is only their second regulation loss in their last 15 games. This team is still really good. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, go overreaction Thursday for you all or anything like that. I mean, I know how good this team is. I know the schedule down the stretch is really tough. They're going to have to play a lot better than this if they want to clinch home ice in the playoffs. And I and I think they will. I mean, obviously, this is where Mike Sullivan makes his big bucks, right? He always knows how to make adjustments. And at the end of the day, I'm sure he will. They have a few days off going into Sunday's game against Carolina. They don't play Friday or Saturday, this team, I think, will be fine. It's just, you know, 
Toronto played well. They were playing pretty good coming into it. You know, Jack Campbell, I know, was up and down, but, you know, for this one, he gave them a Vesna caliber performance, and he has been one of the best goaltenders in hockey um, this year. You know, it's, it's no coincidence that, you know, he's also top five in goals they'd have expected. He has one of the best save percentages in hockey right up there with Tristan Jari. Um, you know, the Penguins got the elite version of him tonight. The only one that got past him was an Evgeny Malkin rebound goal that, you know, Campbell really had no chance on. You know, he he was making some damn good saves throughout that game. You know, the Penguins in the third period had nine of the ten high danger chances. So they were coming at him a little bit more because the team started to wake up a little bit more when they were down 3 nothing. But, you know, Campbell was still shutting the door just as he did. Um, in the first and second period. I also will say this, you know, it, it goes along with, um, you know, the sloppy play. I, I thought the defensive zone coverage was pretty piss poor tonight. Um, I, I did not like the way um, anyone on the blue line was defending, you know, Matheson, Ruedel, Patterson, Marino. And I, I'll say this, this was probably the worst game I think I've ever seen Crystal Tang play in the last couple years. Um, this is going to be one where he wants to throw the tape in the trash, and rightfully so. He was caught out of position on uh, two of Toronto's four goals. On um, the last one, um, just really did not know what he was doing defensively there. He was just kind of caught flat-footed. Um, the the short-handed chance when the Penguins were on the power play, and that was a very rare occurrence because the Penguins don't give up short-handed goals. They're one of the league leaders um, with one of the uh, with the, some of the least short-handed goals allowed this season, but trying to force the pass. And then that leads to basically um, a, a breakaway. And then, you know, Jari has no chances because, you know, heck of a move. Um, but it's just, he'll be fine. He's had been a, at a Norris caliber level this entire season. You know, even Sidney Crosby has these kind of games once in a while. I'm, I'm not too concerned. It's just, you know, I'm sure he's going to when, when he speaks to the media next, Crystal Tang, that is, uh, I'm sure he's going to obviously take responsibility for it and, you know, vow to be better and all that stuff. And I know he will because he's been uh, playing at such a high level this year. But I just wanted to point out um, his deficiencies in this game. You know, if I'm going to um, say how great he's been, I'm also going to criticize him. I'm not going to just, you know, be a homer here and say, oh, my God, like, you know, he was he was okay in this game. He didn't really do anything. now. like, if you've been listening to this podcast for, you know, even just one episode or, you know, 10 or 20, you know that I'm going to, you know, keep it real with you all and, you know, be as objective as I can because, you know, that's that, that's how I roll um, with this. So um, I have no problem criticizing him. He was bad um, and he needs to be a lot better moving forward. Goaltending-wise, Tristan did what he could. Um, I really can't blame him for any of the four goals against just because um, they, they were just great chances. I mean, Austin Matthews on a breakaway, he has such a quick release that it's so hard, I think, for any goalie to track that shot. I mean, I don't even think if you put a prime Henrik Lundqvist in there, I'm not even sure he stops that release just because of how fast it was. And, you know, he had a good angle on Tristan. You know, that's a goal scorer shot. And we all know how great Austin is. Um, excuse me, at scoring goals in NHL. He's one of the, you know, one of the five best pure goal scorers in the league. You give him that chance, he's going to bury that um, at least nine out of ten times. And, of course, um, that was one of them. You know, the other one, you know, the net went off. It's moorings. Um, that's a good goal. You know, Elliot Freeman was talking about that in one of the intermissions. Um, and another one was ba we basically, um, it was the shorthanded chance where, you know, he kind of got deked a little bit. But, you know, he just, he didn't have help. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, what else can he do? He's still playing fine. You know, he didn't give up any softies or anything. He, he was probably one of the lone bright spots, um, I think, for the Penguins in this one. So I'm not really going to criticize him um, there that much. 
Um, underlying numbers wise for the Penguins, it, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. So they the Leafs had fifty five point two percent of the shot attempts tonight per natural stat trick at five v five. Scoring chances, the Penguins were 50-50. But in high danger, they led 14-6. to And that's mainly due to the third period again, where they had nine high danger chances compared to one for Toronto. The one high danger chance that the Leafs did have in the back of the net, that was Michael Bunting's goal. And that's just an awesome pass, by the way, from uh, Matthews. Um, you probably will not see a better pass. I should, I should rephrase that. You won't see many better passes than that for the rest of the season. That was just a ridiculous play by Matthews to get to Bunting, and he's having a pretty good year um, for Toronto. But, you know, getting back to those numbers, so the Penguins led in high danger chances. Um, they also led in expected goals for 62.4% of the expected goals rate. Um, in terms of expected goals for numbers-wise, 2.7 for the Penguins compared to 1.6 for the Leafs. So um, the numbers definitely tell a, a, a bit of the story, but if you watch the game, you know, with the eye test and stuff, you can see that the Penguins – giving up too many odd man rushes, really sloppy in the defensive zone. They they started out playing piss poor, turned it on a little bit, but then, you know, the second period, you know, they, the, the power play was not good. The penalty kill was, eh, um, I guess. But, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting how, you know, the numbers tell – one side where it looks like, oh, wow, like the high danger chances, you know, they, they, they played good there. Oh, they had more of the expected goals for that. That means the Penguins must have gotten goalied or something. No, you know, Jack Campbell was really good, but I'll also say the Penguins kind of dug their own grave with how poor defensively um, they were. But that wraps up this first segment of the episode tonight. Coming up in the next segment, um, we're just going to go in, into a couple of other things surrounding this game. You know, we've got, we're going to break down Evgeny Malkin's goal a little bit. Also talk about his new line and why I want to see more of it moving forward. And, you know, also, of course, get touch on the Rodriguez captain line because, of course, Mike Sullivan decided to change up the lines for this one. But before we get to that, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, play performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Also follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. So I did like, one of the things I guess I should like coming out of this game, I know there's not going to be many positives, but there is one here. Really enjoyed the second line of Evgeny Malkin, Danton Heinen, and Jeff Carter. And I hope the Penguins continue to use that line until Teddy Bluger is ready to play. And I'll tell you why. Um, you know, right, honestly, from the first couple of minutes, Carter got a really good chance on Jack Campbell. He tried to go forehand, backhand, five hole, but, you know, Campbell came up with a really nice uh, pad save. But it was the beautiful saucer pass from Hine into Spring Carter where it's like, okay, is Kasperi Kampanen ever going to make a pass like that on that line? Probably not. Is Brock McGinn, who I have liked his game this year, don't worry, I mean, he's probably been a bit better than Brandon Tanev was last year. Um, excuse me for the Penguins. Is he going to make that pass? No, but Heinen, you know, he's he, he's shifty a little bit. You know, he's an underrated playmaker. He's an underrated goal scorer. Threaded the perfect saucer pass to Carter to get that chance. And, you know, unfortunately for Jeff, it didn't go in, but it's like, okay, there's the start there. You know, Malkin was able to score um, on the rebound with Jack Campbell. And it's just a nice display of him 
crashing the net. I mean, we see him do it at times. It's, it probably doesn't happen as much as I would like it to, but it's still great that he is going to the net. Um, you know, again, at times, and he, you know, he's finishing his chances and he's playing really well right now. I've liked his game since he's come back. He's at a point per game level, but you know, the, the biggest thing that I think a lot of fans and just media alike, including me have been wishing for is just to surround him with two good incapable line mates, because it's been a huge problem. I think for the penguins this year, you know, this team does not have many issues, but that one is definitely up there, and it's mainly just because, you know, Kapanen has not been good. Rodriguez, he had a great start, but he also has not been good as of late. Bronkman, again, for as much as I like him, you know, he's a great player, really a nice dude. Of course, he came on the podcast um, this past summer. You know, he's not suited to play in a top six role. He is much better suited for a third-line role. Checking line on the fourth line with Aston Reese and Bluger whenever Teddy comes back. I'm sure they're going to reunite that line. And I would be all in favor of that, obviously, because of how great the underlying numbers were before Bluger got hurt. But, you know, it's just, it's not, what's the word I'm looking for, I think? Um, it's not good if he's in your top six when most of your team is healthy. And I know Jason's going to be out for a while. He usually has decent chemistry with Evgeny Malkin and, even though he's hasn't been scoring a lot, but he still can make some pretty good passes here and there. And I think Gino enjoyed playing with him, but you know, he Gino just hasn't had those consistent line mates, but you know, I really liked what I saw from Heinen and Carter. Sunday. if I can actually check out natural stat Trek, um, real quick penguins shift report tonight, if I can go down here for Heinen. So, um, well, actually no penguins forward lines. Uh, I, excuse me. So, this is this was their best line at even strength. I'm going to read you the numbers right here. The Heinen Malkin Carter line, 70% of the shot attempts at 5e5. They also had you know one one goal for no goals against. Um, expected goals for 1.17. Expected goals against 0.23. They had an 83.6 expected goals rate. They were also on the ice for 77% of the scoring chances for. By far, again, the best line for Pittsburgh tonight. That line deserves another look or two. Um, I, I, I mean, who else are you going to put up there? You know, Kapanen, he struggled again tonight as well. I'm going to get to that in a couple of minutes. But, you know, the early returns on it, and they played 10.37 of 5v5 ice time tonight. That was the um, second most, of course, to the Gensel crosby Rust line, which had 66% of the shot attempts at even strength. They also had... Um, 0.58 the expected goals for 53, 54% of the scoring chances for. So that was the Penguins' second best line. And then the other two um, were kicked in. Of course, I'm, I'm going to get to Kapanen and Rodriguez in just a sec. But, you know, I, I know some people kind of have reservations about Carter playing wing compared to center just because Carter's been a good center. But, you know, I saw what Jeff said to the media the other day and basically said he's fine with it. And, you know, he's been good on the wing, you know, going back to his days and, Philadelphia, Los Angeles. This is fine until Bluger comes back because I'm sure once Teddy comes back, um, they'll be putting Carter right back at center. Heck, when Zucker comes back, I think he will be in the lineup. And then, you know, even if Carter is somehow not moved back to center when Bluger comes back, I think when Zucker comes back, whenever that is, he will 100% be moved back um, to center. But it's never a bad idea 
you know, to change something up. I know the team had won four straight going into this one, but I think, you know, any self-respecting fan of this team could watch the games and realize, oh, wow, you know, Gino's line has just been, you know, getting caved in almost every shift. And, you know, it had a, obviously a lot to do with his line mates because Brock McGinn's not getting it done and Kasperi Kaplan is surely not getting it done um, either. And, you know, speaking of him, um, it was another struggle fest for him tonight, you know, came into the zone countless times and, just continues to button hook back, look for a pass that's not there. He's still not going back to his fundamentals of what worked last year, which was, of course, you know, coming in with a burst of speed and firing the puck on no, on goal, excuse me. And, you know, he was being rewarded for, for doing that and, you know, just for finishing on his chances this year. I mean, it's just, it's been anything but that. And, um, you know, tonight, uh, I just said a couple of minutes ago, his line was with Brock McGinn and um, Evan Rodriguez, who was playing center. And, you know, that line before I, 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 there's a stat here that I had from Adam Gretz. If I can find this real quick, the early returns on that line um, were pretty good. Um, actually, you know, since the start, yeah, this is the stat from Adam Gretz. I know it was bad tonight, but you know, coming into this game, they've played 334 minutes of five on five hockey together. The Penguins own a commanding shot share and a 19 to two actual goal advantage, including 13 to one um, this season. So I was perfectly fine with Sullivan um, trying the back. I know tonight um, they were on the ice for one goal against, no goals for. Um, they only had 30% of the scoring chances, only 41% of the shot attempts, 0.26 expected goals for. Um, it was, they got caved in pretty bad. But, you know, it's also only one game. I want to see how they do against Carolina on Sunday. But, you know, the, the numbers are still mostly pretty decent. It's just, you know, for whatever reason, Kapanen continues to look lost. And, you know, Rodriguez, you know, he he's up there as well. I don't think he looks as lost as Kapanen, but something has definitely changed with him. And I'm still trying to figure out for you all what it is. I mean, he's still shooting it um, fairly often at 5v5. He's one of the best volume shooters on the team um, right now. I mean, A, the puck is not going in the net. And two, I mean, I don't think he's getting as many chances as he did you know, during the start of the season, uh, you know, sure he is getting some chances, but it's not to the, the degree that he was early on, but you know, it's definitely, I get a little bit concerning. I knew it wasn't going to continue um, for the rest of the season. I mean, did, did anyone expect that he's still playing fine, but I think, you know, now's the point where it's like, okay, you know, is this going to be the Evan Rodriguez we're going to see the rest of the season or is this, or is, you know, the early season, Ed Rodriguez going to come back and light everyone up? Or is it going to be, you know, a mix in the middle? And I think that's probably what we're going to get at some point here. You know, we just, we've had op opposite ends of the, you know, the, the, the spectrum, um, I think over here. So those wrap up my thoughts on the new lines um, tonight. You know, the fourth line, they didn't really do anything, but, you know, sometimes, you know, that, that happens with the Penguins. I'm still a little more to get to for this episode of Locked on Penguins um, coming up here in the next segment. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I will say, you know, shout out to Leaf Sands for really showing up tonight, 50% capacity for the first time in uh, quite a while. They were playing, I believe, with um, no fans. Um, so um, to see them, you know, really show up and support their team, um, you know, it makes me happy, you know, hopefully, you know, again, we're, we're getting, you know, closer to the end with this, you know, but I'm not really um, too sure to say the least. Um, so the Penguins will finally get a matchup with the Carolina Hurricanes um, 
on Sunday. You know, this will be the first of three meetings. And, and you know, th these are huge. I mean, you know, you look at um, the standings right now, and, and, I'll, and I'll load them up for you on my phone. You know, the Penguins, four games in hand on Carolina, but, you know, the Hurricanes are only two points back. The Rangers won tonight. They still have two games in hand on the Penguins. They're, they're three points back. The Capitals won tonight. They're five points back. The Penguins also have a game in hand on them. But, you know, with how, with how Carolina has four games in hand, you know, Pittsburgh, they, they got to win this game, especially because, you know, it's at PPJ Paints Arena. And if Carolina does win it, you know, they'll, they'll probably be in the Metropolitan Division lead. I'm looking to see when they play next. Yeah, so they play Nashville on Friday, and then they travel to Pittsburgh. So if they beat Nashville at home, um, Carolina will overtake the Penguins for the top spot in the Metro just because they have, they'll have the three games in hand. So um, Penguins, yeah, you know, they're going to have to win that game um, to keep pace in the Metropolitan Division. You know, the Hurricanes are one of the best teams in hockey. They have a monster top six with, you know, Tavo Terabine and Sebastian Arho, Vincent Trocek, Svechnikov, Seth Jarvis, uh, you know, Jordan Stahl on the bottom six, Jesper Foss, Nino Niederreiter, Jesperi Kakiniemi, Jordan Martinuk. I mean, it's deep. Um, that's that's one of the best teams in hockey. The Penguins are going to have their hands full. They can't give up the odd man rushes that they gave up against Toronto. I think, you know, just off the top of my head, it was around 14 or 15 from what I wrote down here um, in my notes. So, um, you know, Carolina is also a great team in transition. Transition, Excuse me. They have a lot of great finishers. Um, the Penguins are going to have to really clean up defensively um, if they're going to win this game. Defensively, Jacob Slavin is incredible. Um, I would kill to have him on the Penguins. I think he's probably the most underrated defenseman in hockey. Um, great at, in both the offensive and the defensive zones. Um, has awesome underlying numbers. Um, he's probably not getting as much Norris love as he should this season. Um, I know obviously Fox and Hedman and McCarr and Latang and Yossi have been great, but you know, Slavin's been right up there. You know, he's so much fun to watch. You know, Brady Shea with Brett Pesci. Pesci again as another player who I think is ridiculously underrated. Um, you know, he's great in a top four role. He's been banged up at the times, but. No, this is this is still a pretty good player. And then, you know, old friend Ian Cole on the bottom pair, Tony D'Angelo on the top pair. Of course, he's easy to make fun of. And I'm sure Frederick Anderson is going to get the start in this game. You know, Anderson, you know, he's been one of the best goalies in hockey this year. It's something that I didn't see coming just because of how banged up um, he's been. Um, it's pretty crazy. You know, he's second in the league right now, 24.9 goals saved above expected, 928 save percentage, 2.07 goals against average, just a ridiculous um, season that he is having just because of how he, you know injured he was for the Leafs last year, um, you know just just unbelievable um, with what he's been able to do. You know if we go to the underlying numbers overall for Carolina, fifty point four percent of the expected goals, fifty nine percent of the actual goals at five five. They have a plus thirty six goal differential. They have fifty five percent of the shot attempts every game. Um, this is this is a juggernaut. Um, this is why I would love to see these two teams go out in the playoffs because. You know, I know how deadly Carolina is, but I also now how, how I also know how good Pittsburgh is, and I know that this team can play with them in a seven-game series. And we're about to find out just how you know these teams match up on Sunday, and it's just it's going to be a great matchup. Remember, it's an it's an afternoon game. I'm just checking the time here um, for you all. Just double checking here. Yeah, one o'clock game on Sunday, NHL Network. So if you have ESPN Plus, I don't believe it's going to be. On that, so I'm gonna have to find a different streaming site for that. But um, Penguins back home, Carolina on Sunday. I have another episode coming up for you all 
on Friday. I know it wasn't the Penguins night on Thursday, but again, as I said in the beginning, this isn't this is a game you just you crumble it up in a little paper, throw it in the trash. That's that's all you gotta do. But again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I really do appreciate it, and I will be back on Friday for another episode. I'll talk to you all then.